0: I just want to make one more announcement, that um, on the 16th, which is not this coming Saturday, but the following Saturday, We're going
1: to have a prophetic seminar, because we believe that all God's people can prophesy, which means
0: God wants to speak to every single one of you. So if you're not hearing from God, we want to teach you. We want to give you the tools to do that. So that's going to be on Saturday, the 16th. It's going to be from 10.30 a.m. until 4 p.m., and it's free. There's no charge. You know that I heard uh, a preaching that many Christians actually go to fortune tellers. That billions of dollars are spent <laughs> every year by Christians because they want to know about their future. They want to hear something in the supernatural. Well, you don't need that jump.
1: The Bible says stay away from that. None of
0: you should be looking at horoscopes or fortune tellers or palm readers.
1: Come on now. Come on. That's why we have
0: prophetic ministry. If you if you want to hear yeah. your future, you want a word from the Lord, you can get it directly from Him. You don't need that. They yeah. don't need I I heard on the news today. Jonathan, stop looking so skeptical already. About the story. <laughs> I heard on the news today about this one fortune teller in the neighborhood who, who's really short. Actually killed someone, and the police are out looking for him. It it said the headlines in the paper, small, medium, and large.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Where's Bert when you need him? He's always laughing
0: at the joke. Come on, Bert,
1: come back from vacation. He's
0: not lying. It's funny if you know what a medium was. But I mean, anyway, James, James chapter 5.
1: I want me be The, right the book of James, and this is the last uh, chapter. I want me be the bird just something. He's probably online, sure. So sure. last week, Pastor George went
0: through the first six verses, so I'm up straight now to verse 7. James chapter 5, verse 7. Meanwhile, friends, wait patiently for the master's arrival. You see, farmers do this all the time, waiting for their valuable crops to mature, patiently letting the rain do its slow but sure work. Be patient like that. Stay steady and strong. The master could arrive at any time. Now, the book of James, was written specifically to Jewish believers who at one time lived in Israel around Jerusalem and then Stephen who was a deacon was stoned and when that happened great persecution came on the church and they scattered through the nation. It's a good thing we didn't tell Margie that story last week before he became a deacon, right? About Stephen the deacon being stoned. We kept that secret, but we figured now now we can let the cat out of the (laughs) bin. But the Jewish believers were scattered through the nation, and they were persecuted. Terrible persecution came against them. It's not like now you're saying you were persecuted because you came in and nobody said hello or the pastor didn't answer your email. Oh, I'm persecuted. See, people, I'm, I'm gonna get it. I am don't want to go to this church. See, back then, there was extreme persecution. they caught you mentioning the name of Jesus, the next thing you know, you were dead. They were persecuted by the other Jews. They were persecuted by the Romans. They were hunted down. You know what they would do in Rome to Christians? They would take them to the arena and feed them to the lions while people cheered. That was considered entertainment back then. So this is what the church was going through back then. It wasn't just, oh, it's hot in here. I'm not going to church. Back then it cost you your life, and there are nations in the world today. Like Saudi Arabia, you want to tell people about Jesus, they cut your head right off. And and the church back then they were believing for the return of Jesus. They prayed. They they believed that Jesus was going to come in that time. Because remember in the book of Acts, Jesus went up to heaven. And he said, one day I'm going to come back and I'm going to rescue my church. I'm going to bring my church up to heaven with me. And I'm going to destroy the wicked. And these people were waiting and waiting. And time was going by and it seemed like nothing was happening. Can you imagine to endure all that persecution to have your kids taken away? And they prayed and they prayed and they waited and waited. And it seemed many times like, like God wasn't listening. And that's why James was encouraging those people. He said, you need to endure. You need to wait patiently, just like the farmer. He said, you see the farmer, he doesn't give up, he sows the seed, and then the winter comes, the winds come, the storms come, and still he believed. And, and James told those people, it's the same for you. And see, this book was also written today for us. Because there are many times when we're waiting on God, and we're waiting. There are things I've been waiting on since I got saved. There are people waiting for their healing to, to take place. People waiting on God for their marriage. They've gotten the word from God to hold on. And it seems like nothing changes. And just because things are going wrong in your life, it doesn't always mean that you're in sin. Just being a Christian sometimes, the enemy will try to stop you. The enemy wants to get you to give up. And he resists you. And he persecutes you. And James is saying, No, hold on. The answer's coming. But it's as long as it wait as long as it takes. Because God wants us to endure. He wants us to remain faithful to the end. He's saying, This being a Christian is not a this short run and then say what happened? I've been serving God for three months and nothing changed. It's a marathon. We keep on going when we see nothing. We just keep on running away when there's a wall in my way. I wait. I go through it. I do whatever it takes. That's what James is saying in this chapter. You see, it says to wait patiently and in the Greek that word patiently, here's a word you're not going to like. You ready for it? It's long-suffering. Long-suffering doesn't mean I enjoy suffering. It doesn't mean I seek it. But what it means, when suffering comes, when it seems like there's no relief, there's no answer, my situation is not going to change my character. I'm not going to compromise. I'm not going to give up. Just like the farmer waits for the rain. I'm going to endure. I'm going to wait for God. I'm not going to back off. See, that's what, that's what long-suffering means. It means it I'm going to be faithful in the waiting. Most of us here, we're waiting for God to do something. And for some of us, it's been a long time. But some of you, it's for God to to do something in your family, among your children, and you're praying and waiting. But in the meantime, what does it say? we got to be faithful. We want to be steady. That means I'm going to be faithful to God when I'm doing things in secret. When no one's looking, I'm faithful. When I'm out in the public, I'm the same person. If you're not, then you're what the Bible calls a hypocrite. If you, are, if you treat your, your wife or your husband one way at home, then you come here and, oh, I love my husband. Oh, I love my wife. Oh, you're a hypocrite. The way you speak to people as soon as you get in the car is the same way you treat people right here in front of people. God is looking for consistency and he's looking for persistence. What does persistence mean? I just keep I keep on going no matter what. It's like wrestling an alligator. You don't quit when the alligator gets, when when you get tired, you, you quit when the alligator gets tired. Otherwise that alligator's gonna come and destroy you. But it's the same thing with your circumstances. You go out in battle, you endure, and you don't say, I'm tired of this. I'm tired of dealing with this marriage. I'm tired of being a father. I'm going to quit. I'm going to walk away. I'm going to give up. That's, that's the definition of immaturity. Maturity means that I've got the character to make it to the end. I'm going to finish the race. I'm going all the way. You gotta, you gotta determine that in your heart before you walk out this door today. In, in 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty-eight, Paul the apostle said, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Even Paul, who went through so much, which I'm going to talk about in a minute, he says, Be steadfast. So don't be knocked out of your position. Don't let the enemy steal your place in the Lord. I'm going to go down to verse 9. I'm reading from the message button. It says, friends, don't complain about each other. A far greater complaint could be lodged against you, you know. The judge is just standing around the corner. What is it saying? It's saying, in my waiting, in my struggle, in my difficulty, I'm going to be faithful not only with my life but with my words. I'm going to use my words to build up, not to tear down, as we've said it here a million times. That's one thing we will not tolerate in this church. There are two types of gossips in the Bible. There's a person who speaks gossip, and then there's a person that listens to the gossip. And I, I, I see people when they're about to hear gossip, you ever see like people are sitting in a circle and someone says, Oh, did you hear what happened with so-and-so? And they all lean in like this. Yeah, yeah, let's get excited. <laughs> Do you know that God hates that? It says in Isaiah 58. There's very few things that God hates and that's one of them. You know that that person is your brother or your sister? Here's what I want you to do from now on. Somebody somebody comes to you with a story, with a bad report about someone else. You say, well I got an idea, I'll go accompany you and we'll go speak to that person personally. That's what I want you to do from now on. You're not going to listen to that bad complaint. The Bible says you've got something against someone. You don't get on the phone and start telling the whole world. You're taking seeds of hatred and discord. And you're sowing it all over. You're throwing those seeds. We're, We're called to bring seeds of blessing. You don't like the way your ministry works. Oh, that's not the way we did it. Or that's not how I think it should be done. You don't go around complaining and talking. See for me, I, I would love it if you come to me and say, "I got an idea, and God is showing me something." But it's not going to happen in this church. That the people of God are going to tear each other up and find that pleasurable and enjoyment and joy. Right here in the scripture. See, we don't make that stuff up. I'm going to go now down to verse 10. James chapter 5, verse 10. It says, Take the old prophets as your mentors. They put up with anything. Went through everything and never once quit. All the time honoring God. What a gift life is to those who stay the course. You've heard, of course, of Job's staying power. And you know how God brought it all together for him at the end. That's because God cares. Cares right down to the last detail. It're saying, you want to know how you should live? Look at the great men and women of the Bible. It says, look at Job. You know what happened with Joe? He lost everything. He all his kids died. He lost all the money that he had, and he ended up sick, just laying in the ground. He couldn't even get up because he was filled with so much pain. And he had some of those friends I was just talking about that all came to visit him and said, It's all your fault, Joe. You brought this on yourself. God is punishing you. You ever have friends like that? You need those (laughs) friends? But you know what the Bible says? That in all that, Job refused to turn his back on God. His wife went up to him and said, Job, why don't you just curse God and die? Forget that God. He abandoned you. And you know what Job said? Well, I take only the good and not the bad. He says, the Lord gives, the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Laying on the ground in the middle of the sickness. And with all that pain, cracked with pain. They're trying to get people to worship because it's raining outside. Oh, and have the, you know had to hike the drizzle on the way. <laughs> he was laying in ashes. And the pain was so bad, he took pieces of glass to try to break off the places that were were hurting him. And he said, Blessed be the name of the Lord. Those are the people I want to follow. Or Jeremiah the prophet. He was thrown into a hole in the ground, thrown into prison. He He was put in stocks. And yet he was faithful to the end until the blessing of the Lord came. He preached to the whole nation, and nobody listened. How would you like that ministry? That's a great ministry right there. That's like you've got a church and nobody come. Instead of listening to the word of the Lord, they spit on them, they mocked them, they threw them in a hole. And he said, still, the word of God, i got to speak the word. It's like a fire shut up in my bones. If I try not to say it, it, that word just burns in me. See, that's an example I want to follow. And you know that he he got hit with depression. You know what he said? He said, Cursed be the day I was born in Jeremiah 20. May the day my mother bore me not be blessed. Cursed be the man who brought my father the news. Who made him very glad, saying, a child is born to you. Can you imagine the great man of God got hit with such darkness and depression? He says, God, I wish I was never born. I cursed that day. I cursed the man who went and told people that I was born. See, he was a man just like us. He struggled, he fought, but he refused to give up. God is looking for just the one who will say, I'm going to stand no matter what the enemy throws, no matter matter what names people call me, no matter what happens, I'm going to go to the end. Or the example of King David, who was anointed to be a king, and then he spent the next 14 years hiding in caves because the king was trying to kill him. But he kept on enduring, he kept on being faithful until they placed the crown on his head. He refused to become bitter or angry. But Paul the Apostle, listen what happened. Is Paul the Apostle tell us just what he went through in Second Corinthians eleven twenty three. He said, I have worked harder, been put in prison more often, been whipped. Times without number and faced death again and again. Five different times the Jewish leaders gave me 39 lashes. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. Once I spent a whole night and a day adrift at sea. I have traveled on many long journeys. I have faced dangers from rivers and from robbers. I have faced danger from my own people, the Jews, as well as from the Gentiles. I have faced danger in the cities in the deserts and on the seas. I have faced danger from men who claim to be believers but are not. I have worked hard and long, enduring many sleepless nights. I have been hungry and thirsty and have often gone without food. I have shivered in the cold without even enough Clothing to keep me warm. But yet he was faithful to the end when he saw nothing. When he was beaten and stoned and persecuted and turned on by his own friends. He said, there's a God who died for me and I'm not going to give up. I'm going I'm to take that message and I'm going to deliver it to the four corners of the earth. And he was faithful to the end. More than anything else, I, w- I want to be faithful to the end. I see so many people in ministry. They run the race, they get almost to the end, and the next thing you know, you read about them in the newspaper. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. we got to be faithful to the end. Like the Apostle Paul, you couldn't stop him for nothing. One time they were trying to kill him, and you know what he did? He tried to run back in to start preaching again. And there was a riot. He said he likes stuff like that. He was about to run back in. They had to hold him back. I'm not saying that's the wisest thing. What I'm saying is he is casting. Can you see the passion that brought him through? The same guy that was so beat up and tormented was the same one that says, I rejoice in the Lord above all things. Above everything else, I rejoice in the Lord. So I'm going to go down to verse 14. Is anyone among you sick? Oh, actually verse 13. Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. anyone here happy? Happy in the Lord.
1: Oh, no. Why is?
0: It? I'm going to ask the worship team. I'm going to mess them all up this schedule, everything. We, don't. we like to, we like to turn everything on its
1: head.
0: <laughs> oh. And doesn't mean I'm finished preaching. Everybody got all excited. Deeper. They said, "Wow, now we can go home and no. when they are done." We still got some more to go. I never saw such happy people. <laughs> But why does it say, if you're happy, sing songs of praise? Because that's the most dangerous position you can be in in terms of the Lord. Because how many times do we forget about God when things are going well? When when does it start seeing people show up back in church? Oh, I've been going through it. The devil's been attacking me. Then you see him showing up back. But when we go through good times, times of blessing, it's easy to forget God. So he's saying, if you're happy, don't forget me. Worship me. So let's just stand right now. We call this a praise break. So I want to know what the word says. Whether you're happy in your circumstances or you've got the joy of the Lord. What did the word, what did Job say? He said, the Lord gives the Lord take away, but blessed be the name of the Lord. So let bless His name right now.
1: Gracias. Let's pray down, let's pray, amen. Let's
0: Time's over, back to the gloom and doom. <laughs> but that's in the next thing, says, Pastor George. Is anyone among you sick? One minute, we're jumping up and down. See, the Bible's got everything in it. There's a time for everything. Verse 14 Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer often in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If you have sinned, you will be forgiven. Therefore confess your sins to each other, and pray for each other so that you may be healed. See, God loves you too much to leave you the way you're at. Now the word for heal is a Greek word called sozo. Let's say you say that, sozo. 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 You need to learn this word. Heal, the word sozo means not just your body healed, it means your spirit healed, your emotions healed, and your mind healed. It's about the healing of the whole person. And I've heard a lot of messages condemning this. God doesn't care about your emotions. He only cares about your, your ministry. You just need to get out and do what you need to do, ignore your emotions. Guess what? You keep it up and that depression is going to destroy the ministry. You know what's going to happen if you don't deal with the anger, deal with the bitterness? You're going to be a minister that hurts and wounds a lot of people. So God isn't only interested in your ministry in the church, not just interested in your praise, but in every area of your life, he wants us to be made whole, to be made well. And it tells us what to do. If you're sick in your body, you're depressed, you've got crazy thoughts going in your head that you can't stop, You've got patterns of behavior that you can't break, addictions. Come for prayer. There's power in saying the prayer. It says, come to the church leaders to pray. And the prayer of faith will make you whole, will make you well, will deliver you. And not only the leaders, but it says, Pray for each other. Wouldn't that be nice if we prayed and encouraged each other instead of gossiping about each other? That would be some church. I'd love to go to that church. And it says confess your sins to each other. Now we're not saying to look for free to, that you have to go to confess your sins to. You. you can just go right to God and confess your sin.
1: Yeah. So why does it
0: say confess your sins to each other? Because I have found this power when I when I fail, when I fall, and I go to a mature Christian and I share that and say, you know, I messed up, and they still love me and they still accept me. Yeah. It breaks off all the guilt and the shame and the condemnation. Yeah. I'm not saying just go to anyone and start telling them your business. You'll you'll get a lot of kicks in the backside for that one. (laughs) But you find faithful people. That's why it says look for leaders. Because leaders are people who have been chosen for their faithfulness. Because they know not to be gossiped. Know not to to violate confidentiality. In any Mm -hmm. ministry we have... If somebody violates your confidence, they're out of the ministry automatically. There's no grace for them. Even God says, he says, judgment is at your door. Isn't that what it says when you start speaking stuff against people? Why? Because he's going to judge you if you're going to judge someone else. If you're going to take the time to point out someone else's weakness, God is going to judge you for your weakness. That's why you gotta show mercy to people. You're so great. You don't hold stuff against people. Tell me. Don't worry, almost done. (laughs) The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Elijah was a human being even as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again, he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crop. I'm not going to go into the story, but Pastor George went through a series on the book of uh, the, the prophet Elijah, and Elijah's faith and prayers were so powerful that God was against the nation of Israel at that time, and he said, as judgment, you speak to the clouds, and you command them not to rain. And do you know Elijah, a man just like us? His prayer was so powerful that it didn't rain for three and a half years, and that same power is in you, because God wants to use ordinary people like you to do a great, extraordinary miracle there's power in your prayer. But yet, we have the prayer meetings, and I ask, does anyone have a prayer request? Silence. Do you know that God can change your circumstance in an instant through prayer that's so powerful and effective just through ordinary people? You don't need the guy on the TV. Save your money. <laughs> Just you crying out to God. It says that your prayers are powerful and effective. And finally, verse 19, it says, My brothers and sisters, if one of you should wander from the truth, and someone should bring that person back, remember this, whoever turns a sinner from the error of their way will save them from death and cover over a multitude of sins. You see, here's a quote. Don't tell Pastor George I found this quote book in his office and I found a quote
1: out
0: of it. I better put it back before he finds out. The church is the only hospital where you can go in sick and come out the doctor. What does that mean? You're here in church. You're here in church to get healed, to be made well, to be made whole. So that you can go out and reach a lost and hurting world, you pray for the sick. You cast out demons. I just anoint you. I commission everyone of you right now as mighty healers.
1: Hallelujah.
0: There's so many people that left the church because of hurts I and mean. need
1: Yes, Lord. And they're
0: wandering around, and God's telling you, you you have a message for them. You have power flowing through your hands. You go out and reach them. You touch them. Bring them back, says the Lord. Every one of you is a full time minister of the gospel. Everywhere you go, the Holy Spirit He's not content to be locked in. So here, here's how I want to end right now. Do you want to get that um, communion ready?
1: Praise the Lord.
0: But we're going to do the communion a little different, so if I want quickly. If those in the in the prayer team, if you could come up quickly and line up, you know who you are, or those that also that I asked to come and help. Yeah. Today it's all hands on deck. All, all, we need everyone, so you don't sit and hesitate because you've got a powerful, effective prayer in you. I know there's more of you out there. Now so we just want to rearrange something. Those of you who are on um, the healing team, I'm, I'm going to ask you to come on this side, right here. Those are in the healing ministry. Hey, that looks like. Fun. What we're going to do, we're going to place an usher on this opening and on that opening. We also want to ask those of you on the worship team, if you can come help us to pray. Richie, if you can come help us pray.
1: That I'm, going to, I'm
0: going to invite Veronica to come. And then after she releases this band, we're going to pray for you. We're going to believe God for mighty miracles of healing. Mighty miracles of deliverance today. to turn around.
1: We pray for blessings. We pray for peace, comfort your family, protection while we sleep. We pray for healing, for prosperity. We pray for your mind. To ease our suffering the one You foolish sure to me. meet If love is too much To give lessons, Cause one your Tonight's you. the one that takes you on your feet. My neck love but I'm dressed pray for you, your joy to we cry in anger, when we cannot feel the need. When we doubt your good words, we doubt your love. As we shall be promised, the new words are not enough. Long if we have faith to be what if your
0: Maybe that sickness has been lasting way longer than you hoped for. Whatever the issue is, God wants to turn it into a blessing. I'm believing that God is going to anoint every one of these people today. And you're going to begin to see sudden changes, sudden turnarounds in your situation. So here's what I want to do. Down these two aisles, there's going to be an usher. That's going to have communion for you. The the grape juice and the bread representative of Jesus' broken body and His blood, which He says is for the promise. He shed His blood so that you could be healed. So that you could have new life. so So that you could inherit the very promises of God. So before you receive prayer, I'm going to ask you to walk up to the person praying for you and take the communion with them as a reminder of God's promise just before they pray. I'm going to ask for men to pray with men and women to work for women unless I want to encourage whole families to come together. And they're going to, when you come up to them, they're gonna look you in the eye, and you tell them exactly what you've been waiting on God for. And they're gonna pray the prayer of faith, and I believe that there's gonna be mighty miracles today, mighty around, new seasons, relief. If, if you if you have, if you need healing, physical healing, or you're struggling with your emotions. We have the the healing team right here. They're gonna get they get together in pairs, and they're gonna pray over you, pray over your situation. So I'm gonna ask you to get up. If everyone can just stand right now, and, and you, those know, of you who want prayer, I'm gonna ask you just to come down these two rows. And those who are praying, I'm going to there's a lot of people, so I'm going to ask, don't take a lot of time. We don't need a lot of time to pray, because God hears. So, I'm going to ask you just to begin to come forward right now, and we're going to pray for you. Just receive the communion, and the ushers will direct you up to someone to pray. When you receive the communion, just go up to someone and take the communion with them and they're going to pray for you right now.
1: you. Mm-hmm.